You're listening to the Profit Lovers Podcast, where profit is not a dirty word. I'm Melanie Miller. Consider this your business safe space, where we take a BS-free approach to building a profitable business, one that's also livable, it fits into your lifestyle, and it's lovable. You actually enjoy it. Well, most days anyway. Let's get into today's episode. If you've been wondering if you should be creating a business plan or updating one that you already have, maybe finishing one that you didn't complete, because honestly, once your business is kicked off, who's got the flipping time to go back and review a business plan or finish a business plan? I am going to give you what I think is some great news. No doubt someone, maybe with a P-E-N-I-S and a Y chromosome will listen to this podcast and will email me and mansplain why I'm wrong about this, but I'm not. Business plans are dumb. Business plans are 90% useless. Business plans, in my opinion, are a waste of time. Now, why would I say such mean things about a business plan? Well, I'm going to tell you in a moment, but first, before I start hurling abuse at business plans, I want to give you a disclaimer on this advice. If you're looking for an investor, if you want to bring a partner into your business, or you want to hit up the bank for a dump truck delivery of cash into your business, you are going to need a business plan. I am sorry about that. Also, there are some business grants that will also want you to show off your fancy business plan busting with mission statements and numbers. If you Google business plan template, you download one and you start completing it, you're going to be answering many, many pointless questions. (laughs) My least favorite are executive statements, which is telling a really boring story that nobody wants to read about your business and why it's going to be successful. You'll also see mission statements and visions included in this uselessness of words. I do encourage my profit lovers to have a vision for their business, but it's based on a mix of personal goals and business goals, not what grand actions your business will take. Next up, you're likely going to attempt to drag together some kind of industry analysis. Just saying those words gives me like corporate life flashbacks and not good ones. This is you chasing down really difficult to find numbers and attempting to predict trends. Kind of useless, right? Then we have a customer analysis, usually on the business plan template. And this is where you will attempt to describe your ideal customer and their needs. Most people start with age, gender identity, and marital status. They might throw in maybe university education and some other random facts, but nothing that really tells a story of who their customer or client is. We finally move on to something slightly resembling useful, which is a competitor analysis. So knowing what they're up to and how they're marketing and where they fail miserably. So you can capitalize on it like a true business owner. I'm not joking about that. You absolutely should capitalize on where your competitors are failing and how you can be better And that is all very beneficial. You're going to need to secret squirrely information. So have fun with that. Yeah, it's useful. Would I spend a whole heap of time doing it? Probably not. 
As we move down the list of business plan inclusions, we arrive at a marketing plan. I have seen a lot of business plans, more than you can count on your hands and feet. Has anyone ever stuck to the marketing plan outlined in their business plan? Nope, not once, not ever. And why is that? Well, that is because it's expensive to start all of those pre-planned marketing activities. And unless you kick off with a big team, you're going to need to clone yourself to run your business, to deliver the products and the services, to interact with the customers, and to stare aimlessly at social media, contemplating this crazy idea of self-employment and keep on top of marketing. It's a lot When you're writing out your business plan and you're including marketing, it's kind of the fantasy of what you wish your marketing would be with no real reality of how long all of this is going to take and how much money you're going to need. Operation process comes next. And let's just not talk about it. I don't want to talk about that. So let's just gloss on over operational processes. A financial plan usually comes next. And this one, I can kind of get behind because it does force you to actually think about the primary purpose of your business, which should be to generate cash flow. Yes, even if you think your primary purpose is to recolor the auras of premenopausal women with daddy issues, you still need to generate cash first. Cash is what drives your business, not your purpose or your calling or your gift to the world. They're a nice touch. They provide you with motivation, but they don't keep the lights on or the Facebook ads running. If you're going deep into business planning, the next thing you might come across is a SWOT analysis, a perky little acronym that stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. Once again, kind of useless. I mean, who had mass, global, pandemic, and worldwide shutdown? an economic devastation on their SWOT analysis bingo card. Not me. There are things that are completely unpredictable. So of course, it's great to know what your strengths and weaknesses are, what the opportunities are. Threats is really difficult to figure out. And you probably won't realize what your strengths, weaknesses, and the opportunities are until you get in the business and the business is already running. So if business plans suck, does that mean you can just not plan at all? No, I am not saying to do no planning, but we don't learn a lot from planning. We learn from doing, we learn from failing, we learn from experience, we learn from challenges, we learn from cranky customers with a bug in their bonnet about something you did or didn't do. And this is where the guts of business comes from, not from a static business plan. We want something that is going to grow with you. We want something that is milestone and goal-driven, but also something that will allow you to pivot, to change course, and to evolve in a way that's going to work for you. Business plans don't allow for that. They're a static document. If you're thinking that I am suggesting you throw all plans out the window, please don't mistake what I'm saying. I'm absolutely not. I want you to have a plan that focuses on goals and measurable and improvable results. That is what is going to serve you and your business really well. Pay attention to the numbers. They're going to show you where you need to focus your time and energy, especially around marketing and sales. 
Now, if you've been a profit lover for a while, you know how much I actually do love a plan, but only when there is something that you can track alongside of that plan. That's what makes the plan useful is whether or not you know if the plan is working. So let's run through the basic plans I suggest that you have in your business. And I am going to go easy on you today. And I'm only talking about the non-negotiables. The Melanie will lose her mind if you don't have these basics in place. You can plan a full year in advance if your business has been around for a few years and you're not intending on making any big changes or massive leaps. If you're new to business, if your business is changing or growing quickly, then you can stick to six or even three months if you want to. The key is to always be planning ahead, not hitting the three-month period and then trying to put your plans and goals together when you're already in that three-month period. It should be done and completed at least the month before. In my business, I do plan for 12 months but I do adjust each quarter. So if I have an awful quarter where I don't get a lot done, something happens, I can make adjustments for the rest of the year. It gives you a really good understanding of that impact of that bad quarter. What a lot of people will do is have a bad few months and just throw the plans out the window and call the year a failure. I don't want you to do that. Go back and readjust. That's fine. You can do that. So first, let's talk about money and numbers, because you know they're my favorites. We want to start your anti-business plan, uh, your anti-business plan plan, (laughs) with some idea of what you personally need from your business to make this viable. If you're already there, your business is viable, you're taking a really good amount each week out of your business or out of your each month, however you pay yourself and you're already making enough to survive, things are good, you don't need to think about going and getting a J-O-B, then I want you to think about how much you need not just to survive, but to really thrive. What goals outside of your business would you like to reach? What financial goals do you have that the business can grow to support for you? How much is it going to cost you to achieve those goals? When you have your personal income goal, You can reverse engineer a lot of your business. You can make estimations like how many web visitors do I need each month? How many of these do I need to make a purchase? What does the average cost of that purchase need to be? What do you need for your expenses? How much will that leave you? And how much do you need to pay in taxes? People tell me all the time that their business isn't predictable or that their business is different. I hear that all the time, right? Oh, Melanie, you don't understand. My industry is different. My business is different. No, nope, no, it's not. Stats are stats. Statistics are statistics. Data is data. We can use that data, those statistics, to make some really cool predictions and estimations in your business, including What needs to happen for you to hit a particular income goal? Every single business on earth, yes, the entire planet should have sales goals. Yes, even if you're only in business to change the world or change lives, the more money you make in sales, the more lives you can change and the bigger the impact you can make because you can get in front of lots and lots more people when you have money because you can market your business. 
Your sales goal should be monthly. And while I would love to explain how to set sales goals, that is an entirely new big fat episode on its own. And I do have that process in Members Club, by the way. So if you are a Members Club member, make sure you check out how to set your sales goals if you haven't already. Next up, you should know your monthly run rate. That is the average amount of money it costs you to run your business each month. So your average monthly expenses, essentially. Another issue I see here is business owners massively underestimating their expenses. All those subscriptions to Canva and Hootsuite and SiteGround, and I'm trying to think of all the ones I've got, Grammarly, and I mean, they all add up and they add up fast. Now, once again, monthly run rate, all of that good stuff covered in Members Club. If you don't know and you're a Members Club member, make sure you pop on in and do those exercises. If you're not, theprofitlovers.com forward slash waitlist to get on the waitlist. Now, let's talk marketing and marketing numbers. I want you to develop a weird stalker level understanding of your target market. So this is who are they? Where do they hang out? What do they spend their cash on? Who influences them? Who influences their buying decisions? What attracts them? What turns them off? What do they lay awake at night thinking about? Go deep. The more you know, the better your marketing's going to be. Trust me on this one. When you do that within a business plan, usually it's age, gender identity, marital status, education level. They're good, but they're not going to get you to the core of what the real pain points, passions, needs of your target audience are. When you dive more into what keeps them up at night and where they spend their time, what do they value in life? You're really going to get a good understanding of who they are. Map out your marketing funnel. Sit down with a piece of paper and map that bad boy out. Where do people find you? What do they do next? What happens when they land on your website? What happens when they fill in an inquiry form? What happens if they sign up to your email marketing list? What happens if they book a discovery call or add goodies to their cart, but then they never hit the buy button? No matter what business you've got, you need to do this marketing funnel exercise to figure out where people are going, what flow you want them to follow. This funnel mapping exercise is so important. It gives you the stepping stones your potential customers or clients hit before and after they make a purchase. And that means you can start tracking those data points like website views or add to cart and cart abandonment rates or price list requests or free session bookings. The list goes on. When you map out your funnel and you identify those key stepping stones and you start tracking Can you see now, you can also see how many sales you made, what your average sale was. See how we're looping back here and making your business predictable, mapping out the stepping stones people take, tracking what the numbers actually are, seeing what the outcome in terms of sales is, figuring out what you need, multiplying those numbers to reach those sales goals. See, we are making your business so predictable. I'm imagining you shaking, uh, nodding your head, I should say, and saying, oh yes, I see Melanie, I see. 
All right, so a quick recap so you can mentally tick these or cross these off your list. Do you have a personal income goal, a sales goal, monthly sales goals, a run rate, the average amount it costs you to run your business every month, a weirdly deep knowledge of your target audience, a funnel map, funnel map goals, and funnel map tracking. If you can't tick those off the list, then I've given you some fun activities to start on. Of course, it is worth repeating that if you're in members club, I know you're probably getting sick of me saying this, but we work through all of this and we work through a whole lot more. Plus, I go live in the Facebook group every single Friday. So if you need help working out what you should or you shouldn't be tracking, I can be very advantageous to you. That is it. That is me done. I am going to go and have a quick nap. Have a fantastic day or evening. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. Hey, Profit Lover, if you enjoyed today's episode, please do leave a review so other women just like you can find the Profit Lovers podcast. And I'd love it if you subscribed so you never miss an episode. And finally, always remember that profit isn't a dirty word.